The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, a driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know, there's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know, a basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we've got a minor league shuffle to talk about. Some actual news and some strange back and forths between the Yankees and their minor league affiliates are going to lead to some big changes. We're also going to talk a little speculation. What is the deal with Aaron Boone's contract extension? Should the Yankees be pursuing a different Cleveland Indian instead of Francisco Lindor? We will get to all of that in a second. But first, make sure to remind everybody you know, your friends, your family, your enemies, to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and leave us a mailbag question so that we know you have thoughts too. Uh, that's how we got our last mailbag episode together, and we're going to certainly need that uh, as the offseason continues instead of, you know, uh, guests every week, week in, week out. We're going to need to hear from you too. Uh, so we really would appreciate that being a more consistent flow. Thomas, uh, how you feeling? How you living? Uh, and what do you feel about this, uh, this Yankees minor league system complete overhaul that happened sort of in the middle of the night this weekend? I'm feeling pretty good overall, but man, Trent and Thunder are gone. Sad stuff. They were Yankees double A affiliate for since 2003. And we went to the, remember, we went to the Eastern League All Star game, double A All Star. That there. is the last time I'll ever go there. That's yeah, crazy. Perhaps. Well, it depends. Uh, you know, we could always go, go back and have fun, but they won't be re- related to the Yankees. Now we got what? Scranton still there. Somerset Patriots. I used to go to games as a kid because I was close by in Jersey. Hudson Valley's back, former Rays, uh, Rays affiliate, now, now us, and Tampa, Tampa Tarpon sticking around, Staten Island, rest in peace to my birthplace, no more Staten Island Yankees, wow. uh, and South Carolina Dunzo. So, well, uh, yeah, the, the thing I think, so South Carolina makes me sad. I think somebody's going to pick up Charleston. That's a great affiliate for somebody. They should probably stay an affiliated ball. 
not to be, I mean, sorry to all my Somerset Patriots listeners out there, but growing up, I was obsessed with minor league baseball. I would drive, you know, hours away to go to games. I used to go to a lot of Norwich, Connecticut games, which were the Yankees and then became the Giants. Uh, the new Britain Rock Cats, who were also dead, were the Twins. They were in the middle of Connecticut. These are like two and a half hour drives from my hometown. So we're not like, I was making my parents do insane things to go see minor league <laughs> baseball. Somerset Patriots and the other unaffiliated teams, I was always like, eh, yeah, that's gross. I don't, I don't want to see unaffiliated baseball. Like, for some reason, there's a difference for, like, 11-year-old me between, like, a 25-year-old at AA who's absolutely never going to make the majors and a 26-year-old in unaffiliated ball who has the same possibility level of making the majors, which is to say that they're both 0.0. But for these weird teams in the Atlantic League that were, like, major league reject, like, I, I, like Edgardo Alfonso, I feel like played in these leagues till he was like 42. I think Ricky Henderson was in the Ricky like, Henderson was on the Newark Bears, dude. Yeah, legendary like shit. That happened, and that always made me uncomfortable. Like that was just awkward to me. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, I wasn't into it. So I'm not like it's going to be a while before my body adjusts to the Somerset Patriots being like being a real thing and a legit feeder. And like there, that's a double A team now. That's a, what a glow up for Somerset. And then probably, I mean, most importantly to me, for sure, the, the Staten Island Yankees-Hudson Valley Renegades trade-off, it doesn't get better than that. I, I grew up with the Renegades as my hometown team. And uh, they were probably a 35-minute drive for me, which, you know, not, not that close, 35-40. But, you know, you're not going to get a minor league team closer than that in the middle of the Hudson Valley. Um, and they've been the Rays since inception. They, they've been the Rays since they existed, which I think was 99 uh, don't, don't quote me. Um, but at the lowest level at that New York Penn league level, which now is apparently not going to exist. Um, that's part of the minor league restructuring. They're taking the New York Penn league and, and they're turning it into like a collegiate wood bat league, like the Cape Cod league. I think at least they're doing that for the Appalachian league. They might just be folding the New York Penn completely. I don't know, but you know, it, it was fun to go to those games but even as a kid, I had a hard time selling myself on those being, you know, packed with major leaguers and very impactful and important. In the 20 years of following the Renegades, I know they had they had Josh Hamilton on his comeback trail for like a week and a half. And they had when Evan Longoria was drafted by the Rays, he played with Hudson Valley for I legit think it was like seven or eight days. And he hit like 490 and they moved him up. But then for like three or four years after that, Hudson Valley would be like, careers begin here, Evan Longoria. And it was like, eh, nah, not really, though. Um, <laughs> so that, I mean, not only are the Yankees taking over the Renegades, but they're bumping them above Tampa. They are, like, Charleston was low A and Tampa was high A. Tampa's getting scuttled down to Charleston's level, and the Renegades are getting bumped all the way up, which means Jason Dominguez, who everybody wants to see, you know, more than anyone there's more anticipation surrounding him than maybe any prospect in minor league baseball. Presuming everything is at least somewhat normal next year, he's probably going to start in Tampa, uh, but he could Evan Longoria Tampa real quick and be in, in low A Tampa for like a week and a half, two weeks. Hudson Valley would be his next stop. And, and it's just crazy to think that uh, a place that's sort of near and dear to my heart that was a home of pretty much nothing interesting for, for a long, long time other than an affordable night at the ballpark might have the most hyped prospect in the last 20 years of baseball history playing there for probably a full summer. That was also a short season league. So the games didn't start until you know, end of June, July, 
now we're talking, you know, April through early September. I mean, it's, it's a dream. It's a dream come true. It'll be a good – I got connections in Jersey, obviously, and might move to the Hudson Valley. So, uh, could be living at these two stadiums, to be honest. And then, you know, we'll hit Yankees games whenever we can, as long as they uh, bring the ticket prices down after they realize that the fans hold all the power after this uh, financially uh, hamstrung 2020 season. But – Sad for Trenton. I think that's the end of the story because uh, we saw the owner come out and say they were blindsided. He was told for 16 months that, uh, you know, they were being reassured by Yankees ownership that they would be back as the AA affiliate. Then they're blindsided by the announcement, had no idea it was coming, came late Friday night uh, to the dismay of a lot of people. Um, and now we just got to have to, we, we got to live with this reshuffling here and We'll see, uh, we'll see how it works out. But, you know, we love Scranton. Somerset's a cool addition. Hudson Valley back. Tampa's Tampa. Went there for my batch. It was a good time. Spring training's, uh, spring training's always fun. So, yeah. And if we could see Jason Dominguez in Jersey and New York and just constantly be there while he's ripping through it, then hell yeah. That, that's the dream right there. Yeah, I will say there's obviously nothing good about this, and the Trenton blind side is is pretty despicable if, if things went down the way that they seem that they went down. Um, I, I don't know how much of this is a Yankees organizational decision and how much of this is the, the Rob Manfred minor league reduction dream plan coming into play and just Rob dictating what the Yankees do. I know, I mean, the minor leagues are about to look very different in, in 2021 largely for the worse. Like there are a lot of local franchises that are going to get straight up shuttered. And I know that Trenton was offered uh, the Atlantic league independent slot that Somerset used to have, but that there are, you know, major league teams still bidding for their services. I, I think they're probably going to end up in affiliated ball instead of in this useless independent space. But there are, I mean, at least 30 or 40 teams that are going to get contracted. Um, and that's disgusting. So, you know, there are a lot of good people who were, and this was in place before the pandemic started. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a terrible time for this to occur. And it feels like Major League Baseball is going to use the pandemic as an excuse in their framing. Uh, don't let them do that because there was already a plan in place uh, to, to get a lot of these minor league teams off the books and streamline it so that Major League Baseball could more effectively control uh, the resources and the development uh, of the players that were being assigned to these various teams. A lot of them were run more independently. Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball were in a tug of war pretty significantly and I talked to uh, the owner of the Daytona Tortugas uh, I talked to him a couple times last year because I, I care a lot about minor league baseball like I said you know I'm not I'm not fronting when I say you know I used to drive my family hours to go to these minor league teams many of which are no longer in existence and we're going to be facing a wave of that this year and, and the Daytona owner that team was one of the teams on the chopping block it's a it's a red single a affiliate and it was on a leaked list of teams that were in danger of just getting absolutely folded and shuttered before the pandemic, this was January, you know, this was December, this was a long time ago. And at that time, a lot of those teams said, you know, we, we don't think that this is obviously this is wrong. We've never heard this from our major league teams. We're just hearing this from a leaked list from baseball America. Clearly this is a part of some larger plan that Rob Manfred is trying to sneak under the wire and make it seem like an inevitability. We have to keep fighting this. And then the pandemic came and shut off an entire, you know, economic resource for these teams. And it took fans out of the stands all year because fanless baseball, I mean, you hear the major league teams complain about it, but fanless baseball wasn't an option for minor league teams uh, because, you know, that's their entire revenue. There, there are almost no merch sales. It's like a drop in the bucket. So 
really, really sad stuff overall. And, and it's, it's clearly, you know, the Yankees aren't going to be the only team to do this. We're going to be hearing a lot of this in the weeks moving forward. Um, however, I will say uh, Staten Island Yankees, unfortunately, uh, good riddance as far as I'm concerned. That was hmm. not a locally owned minor league team like a mom and pop shop. That was orchestrated by Rudy Giuliani in the late 90s to, to expand uh, New York's baseball scene. That stadium is impossible to get to. I, have you ever been to a Staten Island Yankees game ever? I don't – I really don't know. I, if, I feel like I would – how long have they been – how long were they even affiliates with the Yankees? I think 99 or 2000. It's oh, been then like for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yep. I, I, I grew up in Staten Island. Oh, bit. really? I was born in Staten Island. I moved to Jersey in 1996. Hmm. Yeah, my parents did. So I was ages one through six. I was in Staten Island, but I had family there always. So I was always going back and forth, even when I was in Jersey. Wow, this is an educational pod for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that that place, not Staten Island, but the Staten Island Yankee Stadium. It's like tucked in a weird corner. It always feels unsavory. It's like a 15 minute walk off the ferry to get there. There is nothing there. I went with a friend like four or five years ago. And we were trying to pregame, and there was like there was just like a pizza place with with two stools, and that was the like it was like do you want to eat this pizza place or do you want to eat nothing because there's no <laughs> other there there's no restaurants here, um, a, a deeply unpleasant experience. And with the ferry, you have to time your departure, and you're either leaving a night game at at nine thirty p.m. or eleven fifty four. Like there's no in between. <laughs> stranded on the platform, they never built that Ferris wheel, uh, and attendance was way down. And there were. Uh, some admittedly hilarious stories that dropped this weekend after the Yankees, you know, pretty much rescinded that affiliation, saying that the Yankees hated the Staten Island Pizza Rats, which won a rebranding contest two years ago, and yep. was responsible for like the only merch that Staten Island sold was the Pizza Rat. Apparently, the Yankees despised that the Pizza Rat existed, which <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I get it's pretty cheap, and we've already as a nation moved past Pizza Rat, so I, I get that. I get not loving that. But apparently the outfield walls were being held together by duct tape. Uh, the coaches would occasionally rip the duct tape off just to show that they could do it. Uh, the field wouldn't drain and was causing injury issues three days after a major storm. Uh, they hadn't changed their uniforms in a decade. So people were basically getting like high school, uni, hand-me-down jerseys. Uh, people were complaining about being treated worse in Staten Island than they were treated in Pulaski, which is in the middle of the Appalachians, which is the lowest, lowest level of Yankees baseball. People were being promoted and saying like, this sucks worse than, you know, Pulaski. Um, so I, I think there were a ton of problems and a lot of rot in Staten Island per reports. So I think, you know, amid all the shuffle and it was more of a corporate thing than it was, you know, some local enterprise. It was sort of all controlled by the Yankees. And the ownership group rotted that from the inside out. So I think we could all do without that in the low end, like a poorly attended stadium on Staten Island. That's maybe where independent league ball should go because we, we don't really need affiliated ball there. Yeah, and the Jersey Shore. So you get like the situation. Maybe get Jersey Shore minor league team. Why not? They're, they're, they just rebranded the Philly single A team to Jersey Shore. You know this? No. Oh, yeah. Wait, oh, you got to look this up. <laughs> it's, uh, it's in Lakewood, I guess. Um, it, it was traditionally the Lakewood Blue Claws. Yeah, Lakewood Blue Claws. Yeah, so the Lakewood Blue Claws are now officially called the Jersey Shore something something. I'll, I'll look it up. But it's like it, it, they rebranded to like sunglasses. Uh, the crab now has like shades. Paulie D spiked hair. 
Yeah, the Jersey Shore <laughs> Blue Claws, it's officially official. Yeah, he's got shades. He's got a little hat. He's got a bucket. There, there's a crab surfing. Like, you got to – this is going to be your new favorite thing. This is a great reason. Oh, my God. Yeah, I need that. That's, that's great merch, dude. But that's what we needed. Like, why, why – if the Staten Island Yankees would be the pizza rats, why weren't they, like, the Staten Island grease balls or whatever? Like, why <laughs> – Staten Island meatballs. Why do they have to pretend to be, like, the prestigious Yankees for a long I time? I don't question. know. I personally don't understand. Um, but, yeah, that era is past. Uh, we've moved along. We, we've gotten to, you know, it's a whole different ball game. The Yankees are moving on up. And congrats to Somerset, New Jersey. Uh, that's a big one. That, that's going to change the way that this, this minor league affiliation works. Um, and so uh, we won't harp on that, but congratulations uh, to the homies and hope that Trenton sort of finds a new landing spot soon. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but right after that... Jamie's Log, Progressive, the Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. We're going to get into some Aaron Boone contract talk and try to parse out these latest uh, weekend rumors about who the Yankees might add. Stay tuned. And we're back. Uh, Wow, what a break. An incredible break. Glad we all had that break. Uh, (laughs) So, Thomas, uh, worth talking about. Uh, A couple weeks ago, when Fire Aaron Boone fervor was at its highest point, um, and we all sort of were like, you know, the ALDS game two stuff was garbage, uh, whether it was the front office or not. The game five decisions reeked of insanity. Are we actually going to have the fire boon conversation? Everybody came out and said, you know, how Steinbrenner and Cashman said, you know, made it clear his job is extremely secure. It, there, that was obvious from all of the postmortem on the season. Um, but we're a couple weeks out, and uh, we're still sitting on no contract extension and no even public decision to pick up the mutual option for 2021. Uh, what, what is going on here? Why are we still waiting for this? I think a contract extension has to be in the works. Uh, Brian Cashman already talked about previously. He was on John Heyman's podcast a little while back. He said that he would love to have him for as long as the Yankees had Joe Torre and Joe Girardi, which was a decade at least. So, you know, seven more years of Aaron Boone probably on deck, folks. Um, And also Hal Steinbrenner appearing on the radio at his end of season, uh, I guess, press conference or whatever you want to call it. Uh, said that Aaron Boone is back for 2020. That's just the way it's going to be. And if he's back for 2020, why would he not? I, I'm sorry, 2021. Why would he not be back beyond that? They're not going to have him, you know, enter a contract year and have uncertainty beyond that. So I think an extension that they, they they're probably waiting to pick up the option at the last possible moment if it has to get to that because they're probably working out other. You know, they're trying to figure out who they're going to bring back in-house in terms of the, the personnel on the roster. And then they'll probably figure out Boone last. There's no rush. He's, you know, he's, he's not good. He's not going anywhere. He's not hitting, you know, unrestricted free agency, like, you know, all these other guys are. Um, but I do wonder if, you know, there's an expiration on the contract option because there are with players. I'm sure it's different for managers. Um, but that seems a little bit, that it does seem a little bit bizarre that there's been no talk of this aside from, you know, management uh, being all excited and 
uh, bullish on his future with the team. Nonetheless, he's not going anywhere. He ain't getting fired, especially because whether you like, whether you believe it or not, game two was very much a front office decision, even though they're saying it was fully up to Aaron Boone. We talked about how many times that the Dodgers and the Rays are, you know, script games with the front office. You know, you have to think that the Yankees are doing some of that because they are moving toward that analytics driven philosophy with the franchise and Boone is good at that's at the end of the day you know at first he seemed like he wasn't a fit I drank the Kool-Aid I'm pretty much an Aaron Boone guy for the most part now uh the only thing I wish is that he was a little bit more outspoken with the media but guess what the Yankees you know those days are long gone we don't have Billy Martin you know slugging fifths of Jack in the dugout and like punting third base uh it just does that's just not the Yankee way in the modern day baseball era. They want a guy like Boone who's going to be reserved, who's going to, you know, not rock the boat when things are not going well. And they have that. And he's a calculated dude. He's very good with the players. They all love him. So expect the contract ex- extension. I think he's not going anywhere. If you don't like him, I'm sorry. Probably going to see him for at least the next four or five years. Yeah, this sounds stupid because we were so annoyed in the moment when Boone used his postseason press conference to say that the Yankees were close uh, to a World Series. But you know, you know what? Uh, they they actually are close to a World Series. Like they're a they're a top five team in Major League Baseball. And the frustration is that they haven't closed the door. That they haven't you know mm-hmm. shut it down and finished the job and dominated a Game Five of the DS and won a World Series yet. If Aaron Boone wins a World Series, this is reductive. Like, you know, they, they, that's why they pay us the big bucks. But if things go right in an ALCS and Aaron Boone has a World Series under his belt, then all criticisms of him are moot. The problem with Aaron Boone's Yankees is that they have wilted in deciding games over the past few years. He really is a razor's edge away from being considered one of the top managers in Major League Baseball. And if you poll people after 2019 – that's what they're saying. I mean, that, that season was an unbelievable managing job. 103-win team featuring the third and fourth and fifth stringers on the roster, followed by a dominant uh, series against the Twins and a 1-0 ALCS lead with Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup hitting a home run. Stanton gets hurt, throws the whole series off its axis. None of those games are mismanaged. The Yankees just lose a couple big ones, win a big one to send it to Houston, almost win it, and Aroles Chapman blows the game uh, at the tail end. If that series goes differently, then we're still thinking about Boone the way we were in the middle of July when Savages in the Box went viral. You know, 2020, I, like, how can you – I've already forgotten what happened during the 2020 season. The, thi- the mm-hmm. little things that we blamed on Boone during the 2020 season, they're, they're already out of my head. Like, Aroldis Chapman getting walked off at home at Yankee Stadium by the Mets. That was weird and embarrassing, but, like, that's, that's – there are only a couple images of 2020 that still remain. Like, we knew that was going to happen. I'm, I'm glad the Dodgers won the World Series – good for them. I already don't recall most of the things I just witnessed. It feels like 300 years ago. Garrett Cole's apparently on this team. Davey Garcia, we now remember for the game two instead of his ridiculous, you know, month and a half season stretch. Uh, pretty solid season overall, I, I guess. But it, it like midway through 20, 2019, we were all very much sold on Boone. So it shouldn't shock us that management is still on, you know, the Aaron Boone train. He is coming back for far longer than 2021. 
it's a bit strange they haven't announced it yet. It makes you wonder if there is something else they'd rather announce first. Cough, cough, a DJ LeMayhew deal or something like that. Not that Boone's money would preclude spending on players, but just the order of operations. Do they really want to go silent for two and a half weeks and then come back only to say, big deal, everybody. The manager you knew wasn't going anywhere. He's staying. Okay, now we're going to go hibernate again. Like, it feels like the next thing they announce, they'd rather it be more impactful than that. Maybe that's just the vibe I get. Uh, we'll see in the coming weeks, but I wouldn't take this radio silence as anything other than uh, a pause and tacit approval of Boone, which they all brought to the table in their postseason press conferences. So moving on, we got the wheels churning this weekend, and I want you to talk a little bit about this because this is your, your pet project and your baby. Uh, the Francisco Lindor <laughs> trade stuff is, you know, we've, we've assumed it was real for several years. Uh, it's real now. The Indians are leaking that they're ready to make a, make a deal. And, and they're, I honestly saw them leaking this weekend. Uh, somebody said that they'd love for the Mets to get involved. I think, of course, they'd love for the Mets to get involved. I think everybody at this point would love to try to pawn people off on the Mets. Like, they're the new, interesting, hot, weird destination. We assume Steve Cohen hasn't done anything yet other than just, like, be a, be a kind of nice uh, 64-year-old criminal. Uh, but he <laughs> hasn't done anything. Everyone just sort of assumes he's ready to do weird stuff. Um, but when we're all wrapped up and talking about Lindor, uh, the fact that they're, you know, wildly waving a signal flare saying that they're ready to trade Lindor made us refocus and redouble our efforts on, on Jose Ramirez, who's locked up by the team, uh, and is there, you know, a second star, pretty much the same caliber pitter and player as Lindor. Uh, he's on a reasonable contract extension, but why would Cleveland want either of those people? If they don't plan to contend, which they clearly don't, they, they want to be an all-pitch, no-hit team, ditching Lindor well before the season starts. Should the A's be pursuing Ramirez instead? I think that it's at least worth asking. If you're getting rid of Lindor and you're getting rid of that production, you truly are an all-pitch, no-hit team. Now they could just go after Ramirez, who's a perennial MVP candidate. He's never won it, but top three in 2017 and 2018, top three this year. Um I think it's something it's something they should consider because at the end of the day they're not going to get that much value for Lindor is as they might people think that they might break the bank for him but to be honest they might get two top 10 prospects because Lindor's only signed through 2021 and then he's going to cost you 200 million dollars. So there's not much value you can get there. We saw, you know, the return on Mookie Betts. I understand that the Red Sox part of that deal was to offload David Price's contract, but for the most part, Mookie Betts is, you know, maybe the second best player in the game. And he got that week of a return, even with, you know, David Price's $30 million contract, which is theoretically nothing for the Dodgers. So you could see what that, and, you know, they immediately signed him to that big of a contract extension. And that's definitely part of the negotiations where it's like, okay, dude, well, great. I'm getting this guy who's not guaranteed to be with the team, or I have to sign him to a 200 plus million dollar contract during, you know, pandemic baseball, and we don't really know what the future is because you have to assume Lindor is not going to, you know, I, I think we've already assumed he's probably not going to the Yankees or the Dodgers, teams that print money and don't really care. Um, so he's probably going to go elsewhere, and that's going to be a big part of the negotiating process because it's, he's going to cost a lot of money. Um, and even if he doesn't, he's not guaranteed to be there. If he, you know, if he wants to test free agency, that's going to screw the team that, that's acquiring him. Uh, for Ramirez, 
He's got they, – they signed him to a nice five-year extension back in 2017. He's got three years left. Two of those are team options. It comes out to three years and $33 million, which is nothing. And if you're talking about the Yankees making an addition without having to shuffle things a lot, okay, let's talk about some scenarios. DJ leaves. What do you do? You want to move Torres back to second and then find another shortstop? Maybe, but then you'd have to trade for somebody or get a stopgap option and then wait for the 2021 free agency class, which has all those guys that we talked about in Seager. Obviously, Lindor, if he makes it there. Uh, Trevor Story, Javi Baez. Uh, but I don't know if the Yankees want to wait that long. And if they don't want to wait that long and DJ walks, then you know maybe you could just send a boatload of prospects over to Cleveland, get your hands on Ramirez, who plays second and third base, he could play second, Torres could stay at short, and we could do another year of the uh, experiment for him at shortstop. If it doesn't work, then great. You move Torres back to second base. You move Ramirez over to third. You figure out, I guess, what you're going to do with Gio or Shella, trade him for a pitcher. Don't like that idea, but that's what's going to happen if you're going to acquire a guy like this, and then you sign one of those shortstops in free agency. Or if DJ stays, then... You know, you can really stack your infield, have DJ at second, Glaber at short, put Ramirez at third. Once again, you're going to have to trade Geo in this scenario. So if you need a pitcher and somebody needs a very productive gold glove caliber third baseman, then that could work out. Uh, he's, he's got, you know, two more years left to control and he's not going to, he's not going to break the bank for anybody. So that could be appealing for teams, you know, who are on the cusp of contention, who don't want to spend a lot of money and maybe have a surplus of pitching. I don't know. Uh, but Ramirez has that flexibility in the infield. He doesn't immediately disrupt the order of things because he's not limited to one position and he's not a shortstop. Bringing in a shortstop disrupts everything. You have to change literally the entire infield around, whereas here you're changing one thing or you're letting one person walk in DJ. Once again, I don't want that to happen, but we don't know what's going to happen. And at this point, if the Yankees really view their championship window within the next two to four years – trade the prospects and get somebody who's going to get you over the hump. Ramirez will do that. Hits for average, career 281 hitter, career 848 OPS. Love that. Steals a ton of bases too. He's stolen at least, uh, well, when when we had full seasons going on, he's stolen at least 17 bases between 2016 and 2019 with a career high 34 in 2018. And he stole 10 in the 60-game shortened season this year. I think that's the kind of guy that you want. If you're really going to make a trade, you get somebody who doesn't cost you a whole lot. Will mostly only, only cost you prospects because the Indians are doing some bit of a retool here and it doesn't disrupt the order of everything in the infield. Yeah. I hate to say it again. I'll just say it one more time for the people in the back. Uh, when you can get good players, you want to get good players. Um, you figure out where they fit after they arrive uh, the Giancarlo Stanton trade is a poor example of this because Giancarlo Stanton was an obvious DH candidate eventually. I don't think any of us expected it to be this soon, and so that's embarrassing. That's on us. Hand up. We'll take that L. But if a good player presents himself for good value on the trade market, you go ahead and get him and you ask questions later, especially if you have other holes. If none of these players can fit together in harmony, then guess what? Somebody who was a, once a part of your roster – can now be a trade chip for other things that you need. So we love Gio Urshela, but if the opportunity to get uh, Ramirez presents itself and you can turn Urshela and no pitching into Ramirez and more pitching, then you unfortunately have to do that. Or perhaps they all just exist in harmony together and the offense and defense are all better. These are all good things. Uh, we know that we love the guys who are on the current roster, but at a certain point, 
Uh, add a good player, not a problem. It doesn't create a log jam. It only creates new and interesting questions. So something to keep in mind as the Francisco Lindor trade rumors swell. That is it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Remember to seek us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. We drop Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we are going to keep that consistent throughout the offseason. Sometimes there are going to be great guests. Sometimes there are going to be no guests. Sometimes they're going to be terrible guests, and you're going to go, what was the deal with that guest? They were awful. We know. We're sorry. But, you know, we're going to do our best to bring you guests that work every week uh, as well as the two of us. So until next time, uh, my name is Adam Weinrib, and you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Underscore takes. Shoot us a DM. We'll include those in the future mailbags, guys. Also, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got all the content coming for you during this long offseason. The more speculation, the more fun we're going to have. It's a lot of moving parts. We got a lot to talk about in the next couple of weeks. We don't know what's going to happen, and it's going to be fun. But until then, we'll see you on Wednesday. Back with more craziness on Wednesday. We will see you. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.